Darling, I care. I care for you more than my own self. Darling, I share. I share with you all goodness and well. Said we can have just one night, or we can have one whole life if we play it cool. Yeah. We can have that one thing, or we can have everything if our hearts are true. Girl, let's go down. Girl, let me love you. Now let's go down. Let me get to know you. Welcome back to another episode of Unleashing the Future of Work, a guy live B2B jam session. That amazing jam that you were just listening to was Slow Down with her, which includes Skip Marley by Skip Marley. So make sure you check it out if you are loving the song. My lovely guest today, she's jamming in the background. You'll get to meet her soon, but hope you're well today. Streaming live from Oakland, California, the home headquarters of Guide. Much love to Oakland if you are in the building listening. If you're tuning in from elsewhere, let us know where else you're tuning in from in the comments, and we'll show you some love. Hope you're having a good day. Welcome to the show and episode today, Jenny Addix. It's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Now, my special guest today, she's a homegirl of mine. have gotten to know her for quite some time now through Twitter, and the last time... The, don't even think we've met in person yet. We were, we're going to meet in person soon. I don't even think we've met in person yet. But I've just followed her work, and she's a ball of energy. And the last time I met her, I was talking about entrepreneurship, and it was just kind of like after COVID-19. But today, her and me are going to talk about entrepreneurial empathy. Now, the person I'm going to be talking with, who's my guest today, Savannah Peterson, she is the CEO and founder and chief fund officer of Savvy Millennial. And Savvy Millennial gives your community the tools they need to grow. They specialize in go-to-market strategy, community building, thought leadership. She has one hell of a personal brand, Savannah does. And she's going to talk a little bit about how she built that brand. But why entrepreneurial empathy is so important in today's day and age, in a time where we're all struggling to just survive through a pandemic. So I'm super excited to dive deep and talk with her about that. So if you have any questions on personal branding, go-to-market strategy, building your thought leadership, and more importantly, entrepreneurial empathy, this is the episode for you to tune in and watch. So make sure you're sharing with your friends, your friends' friends, and then more importantly, your boss. Welcome to the show, Mrs. Ali. With that said, Savannah. Hello. Thank you for having me, Tim. It's so good to be here. <laughs> Been admiring your show for a long time. Wish we were in the same studio together. This <laughs> freaking pandemic getting in the way always. So it's hard. always getting in the way. It, it's so sad. You know, it's funny. We've been going through this for pretty much the entire year now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I can't believe. I mean, it's been over six months. I think that I just got my first haircut hauler uh, in nine months. And I think that we are. You know, it's going to be, well, I bet we'll have had this experience for a full year before mm -hmm. things really start to dig out, which is tough. How's everyone doing? Let us know in the comments. Say hi on Twitter. If you need to whine or share some dark feeling that you're having, I'm, I'm a big feelings person. I realize that's not really what the Valley is about, but <laughs> counterintuitive to everything in the Silicon Valley. So, 
Yeah, tell me how you're really feeling. Because I don't think we're talking about that a lot. It's a lot of, oh, I'm fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. Fine, flames. Literally in our state. It's like, okay, guys. Yeah, you you know you were talking you were talking to me earlier about so we're both in the valley and there's a certain type of culture in valleys always kind of push through everything and we were talking about the importance of entrepreneurial empathy first what I have you share a little bit about you know how long have you been doing your entrepreneurial thing based out of the valley similar to me and then more importantly what is how do you define entrepreneurial empathy? That's a fluid one, so we'll come back to that in a second. Uh, so I started so you know we are at least I am I'm sort of peak elder millennial. So I finished school in 2008 when the recession happened in Seattle. I knew no one, well, the recession happened everywhere in this country, but I was up at UW, go Huskies, proud Husky. Uh, and when I finished school, I realized no one was going to give me a job. So mm -hmm. I fell into entrepreneurship because there was no job market for young people. If you're finishing school right now and you don't know what to do, I highly suggest you create your own job. There's never been a better time to develop a career around things that you love doing than a weird circumstance like this. It was a very similar circumstance, a little less dramatic, but but I would honestly say a more competitive job market back then with mm -hmm. how many people were, were losing their jobs and especially as an early, uh, early stage professional. And um, yeah, so I mean, I started my first business, what, yeah, 12 years ago, 11, 12 years ago, realized I had a lot to learn, went back and worked for some startups. There's no shame in that. If you're uh, running a business right now and you realize you've got a lot to learn and you're not sure it's going to get off the ground, it's totally cool to go learn from some smart people for three to five years. <laughs> and, uh, I know that Tim has done this as well. And then pop back out and do your thing when you feel like you have the toolkit to support the business that you want to grow. So I busted back out. I worked in 3D printing. I worked at Shapeways and I worked in hardware product design. So I'm more of a hardware nerd. I know some of this squad is very into SaaS, but if physical product people are listening, holler at your girl. I'm all about the physical product. All you SaaS people, bless you. You're kind of in a totally different space than, than <laughs> I am. And I respect you for that. I'm a proper nerd. Uh, but I started this iteration of Savvy Millennial five years ago before it was cool to be in community management. But I'm so glad everyone has woken up to it and and now all of a sudden uh, oh my gosh i want to manage my community oh my personal brand and my thought leadership wow they're relevant yeah baby those are the only things that are going to make you relevant during the pandemic sweetheart. yeah yeah so, yeah no so you've really differentiated yourself in, in your career by really kind of pushing out entrepreneurship learning from some of the experts and then diving deep and kind of finding your niche you know what i have you let me show love to my boy jesse who's saying he's loving my elevator music. Jesse, love you, man. Appreciate you so much, brother. Try my best for the show, man. Try my best for the show. So appreciate you for recognizing the background music. Mr. Kaplan, that's my homie. Hi, Tim, my man. Hi, Savannah. Love your love your hair. Always be learning. Always be creating. That is definitely Savannah's motto. In fact, Savannah, you just recently launched a course I did. Right, around remote work. Let's talk about that a little bit. What yeah, uh, Thanks for the hair love, by the way. I feel like a new woman having my hair back. I joke that pink is my natural color. And it was really weird to be a blonde. I'm, I'm, I was born a blonde, I should say it. And uh, <laughs> and so it's been a very strange nine months living as that person and not as this person. We all have our identity things. Uh, yeah, so I have launched what I think is actually probably one of the first of its kind, a remote work class. It's a self-guided short video series. There's about 20 videos that lead you through how to set up your workspace, how to emotionally structure your day so that you're most productive, how to communicate with others in your household and on your team about what works, and then 
how to iterate on that whole engine so that you're actually successful and supportive of your teammates doing the same thing. So that's through Pointer. And I'm also, I have a personal branding class launching in less than three weeks, two and a half weeks, also on the same platform. So if you've realized the value of personal brand right now, or it's something that you want to invest in during the pandemic, I have a really fun class that is, uh, I'm super excited about this one too, because it's very hands-on. It's a little crafty. We're gonna be making mood boards and coming up with your personal pitch. And I I really love seeing people become their best and brightest self. Mm. Uh, I'm actually not an idea person. And my dream is to help everyone else achieve their dreams. And it's an interesting position to be in, especially in the Valley. But I I really love seeing people shine. So whether that's your remote work life or your personal brand life, or I'm doing a virtual public speaking class as well, I am, I'm here to make you the best you can be. And I love doing that. And I know that you are very similar, Tim. We've got that. Uh, yeah, no, we're definitely both more so the empowerers and like more service oriented leaders. You know, it's so interesting because it is a, a complete dichotomy to what it's like here in the Valley. Why do you think the Valley is such a kind of like a very transactional place? <laughs> uh, whew, I mean, that's a very loaded question. I think that what's been um, celebrated as success here has been very capital based and user growth based and less based on balance, wellness, health, uh, friendship, strong relationships with your family. I mean, I think the most enlightening moment to me in my, probably in my career was 23, maybe 24. And I had worked myself so hard in a crowdfunding campaign that I ended up in the emergency room wow. in Palo Alto with kidney failure on morphine. Yeah, I lost money on that campaign. The, working hard to that level is don't do it. You you end up spending more at the hospital with our lovely healthcare system than you'll make <laughs> during during the launch. Uh, but the most freaky thing to me was, I mean, working myself into the hospital was pretty jarring. But the spookiest thing was when I got in there. She goes, "Oh, are you with the Apple crew?" And I was like, "What?" She goes, "Oh, yeah, we've got, we've got twelve Applers that just finished, you know, some push before a product launch. I think it was actually before like the." Um, one of the second or third iPhones came out, you know, they've just finished a sprint and there's 12 of them in here on the same morphine drip that you're on. And I said, wait a minute, this is just normal. She goes, oh yeah, you can kind of tell the product development cycle in the Valley because we'll get a team that ends up in here, you know, for one thing or another exhaustion or, or in your case, you know, a kidney infection. And I, it was, it honestly made me sick to my stomach if I hadn't been super high on morphine. Um, to think that we all are just okay with this and that this is the culture. And it it was kind of in that moment that I knew I maybe had another job or two left in me, but I needed to be my own boss if I was going to be able to get away from this. And I think hustle porn's gotten a little bit better in the Valley, maybe. maybe <laughs> a little bit better, right? <laughs> I, think, I mean, I think there's more like people like us who try and bring balance to it. But I, I, I do think that, you know, you look at you look at L.A. and it's measured on its entertainment. You look at New York and it's measured on fashion and advertising and a lot of other things. And you look at the Valley and it's really just venture capital and startups. And it's it's a little concerning uh, that that's all that we really do here. And I think I think we're going to have a little bit of a cultural rectification as we sort this out and the exodus that's occurring right now. And, you know, maybe it's our wake up moment. Who knows? Yeah. 
Man, that's a powerful point, Savannah. You need to you need to go on the on the news station to talk about that. <laughs> you, need to, you need to share that with the entire valley. Seriously, no, I, you know you definitely have a point. You know, I think you know after COVID nineteen, the the valley is kind of going through hopefully a metamorphosis of kind of you know are we kind of talking about entrepreneurship in a different light and what it means to be an entrepreneur. And I think you know even to your point uh, on our focus on entrepreneurial empathy, I think right now entrepreneurs are the ones who are taking the true entrepreneurs are the ones who are taking care of themselves, spending more time with family, still taking care of their business. But I think that's kind of, there's a, there's a change on how we view entrepreneurship. It's more, it's more less, less hustle porn, more how are you being of service to, um, to the world and humanity? Yeah. And I think we're seeing that it's cool because I think it's happening. I think it's happening within just our circles in general. And we're, we're collectively waking up to this, but I also think we're seeing some thought leadership examples from folks like Alexis Ohanian, for example, out there with his daughter supporting Serena, you're seeing family balance as a, a visual priority. The Instagram highlight reel for the most successful people now isn't just they're at a computer, they're on a stage speaking because ha, that's not happening again for a long time or or other things. It's, it's much more, hey, here's my balanced family. Here's my sourdough. Here's my home garden. Here's my dog. Here's my whatever. <laughs> I think as we celebrate that more, we'll actually see our health, our collective health restored. I mean, if all we, I, I mean, you remember five, 10 years ago. And I mean, I was one of these people were bragging about how many hours we spent in the office. And what was that? Like, what, what, what do I have to show for that? A couple case studies? Probably would have had those case studies anyway. I, I it's never, it's never worth it. So I, I think um, it's important that people remember that because in in the moment, it feels like oh my god, I have to get this done, and an extra five hours will just be great, and it'll be fine. But if that's going to get you sick, it's not fine. And especially with the pandemic right now, we need all the health vibes we can get. So true. So true. So true. Yeah. Let's talk about mental health because know that's an area that you and and me both are are really passionate about. Absolutely. And- I've gone on the record, we've gone on the record on this show and on Twitter and on my LinkedIn. I've said this multiple times that mental health is probably one of the most um, important areas pre-COVID-19 and also post-COVID-19 and during COVID-19 that one, um, a lot of people should be investing in, companies should be investing in, investors should be investing in, entrepreneurs should be investing in if they're building something in that area mm-hmm. because I've seen an, an increase in mental health issues due to, to this pandemic. Would love to get your thoughts on, you know, what have you been seeing in terms of mental health during this pandemic? Yeah. How important do you think it is this pandemic and beyond? I'm I'm so glad that we're both such advocates because I really, I like this will be the hill I die on in the valley. I, I just don't think this conversation happens enough, and until I hear everyone super aware of it, I'm just gonna keep bringing it up every time I get interviewed because it, it just it just matters. Uh, so even so, pre-pandemic. Entrepreneurs are 40% more likely to be depressed. So that means one out of every two of us equivocally is depressed at a rate compared to the regular population. So, and we've seen a 400% increase in antidepressants over the last 15 years. We've only got 27% of people engaged at work and feeling a sense of purpose. So the reality is we're all extremely unhappy. We were unhappy before this pandemic. If anyone tells you that the pandemic has made them depressed, it hasn't. What it's done is it's taken away the distractions that numb us and and cloud our vision to how we're actually feeling. Now, we were just as depressed before. I do think that we're seeing increased rates. I'm not saying that there aren't people having certain reactions. That is for sure. I think I'm just speaking to the larger entrepreneurial stereotype. We were already here. I think yeah. a lot of the population is catching up to us now, and it's a tragic thing that's happening. But 
the reality is there's no culture for talking about uh, failure. And we always talk about like the fail fast, fail early, fail often thing in the Valley is such bullshit. We, we talk about it like it's a thing, but it's not. It's celebrated after you've iterated to the to the, to to the successful product, it's not ever celebrated in the middle of it. Maybe a friend will be like, "Oh, great, cool," but you don't get to. F no one's there to make you feel better when you flop, and, <laughs> and there's no space for that. Like, I, it was really interesting. I did an experiment. I'm actually going to do this, and all of you listening, please do join. I'll make sure to comment. However, I whenever I figure out the platform for this. But uh, I've been really struggling. I've been having a super hard time because I'm a public speaker. I used to spend 75 percent of my time on the road. Haven't been on an airplane in 170 days. Haven't been in front of a stage in 190. That's how I fill my cup. That's it for me. I, I, some people, some people create apps. Some people build products. I take all the things I learned from my really smart people and I share them as a teacher to other people through stage as a vessel. And not having that is literally sucking my identity out with a high speed vacuum. And <laughs> I feel totally lost without that. And virtual is not the same. I live alone. When the Zoom call ends and I close my laptop, the silence is deafening. That is not the same experience as speaking to a crowd, getting to chat with everyone, and then go have dinner and drinks afterwards. It's nowhere near the same. Yeah. No sense of community. Although, like your comments on this, hey, if you're thinking about commenting, now it's time to comment. Comments mean whatever. Just gonna say that we don't see you all in real life. Uh, but. So I, so I reached out to Twitter because I, I was talking to, I have a writing accountability partner. I actually really recommend everyone get an accountability partner. If you, they're sort of like a built-in therapist that also edits your work. So if you're looking to make one new relationship in your life this year, get an accountability partner who will call you on your BS, but also hold you accountable for content creation. So Jen and I make videos and write and a lot of other stuff and she's required to listen to me. But when I was just chatting with her, I think she could tell I was pretty broken last week. And I kind of started to cry out of the blue on the call. And I and and she's like, why are you so upset? And I was just like, I'm trying to fill this hole in my heart with other activities. And it's just a hole. Like this is a part of my identity. I'm not really sure how I'm going to, I haven't figured out my COVID solution yet. And she was like, yeah, I don't really know that I can help you with that. You know, because it's a weird thing to complain about, right? I miss flying first class, drinking champagne, empowering people. Wow. Really, really conjures a lot of empathy around me right now, doesn't it? Who doesn't feel bad for poor Sab? But the reality is, you know, something's been stripped from all of us that's really dramatic. And I think, so what I did was like, I, I thought, okay, well, what do I do in this moment? I do what I always do as a community builder. I, I crowdsource with my community. And I thought, all right, maybe I'm crazy and no one's going to feel sorry for me. And there's no empathy in the world. Not that I need anyone to feel sorry for me, but I need a space for empathy. Maybe I'm going to find that, or maybe I'm not, you know, let's see what happens. So I did two things. I tweeted out, Hey, if I started a speaker support group for an, or a stage performance group for everyone who used to be on stage, but now is not on stage, would you be interested in joining? Totally blew up. I had 15 people in the first hour message me right away and say, oh my God, I've been waiting for this. I feel like I can't talk about it. Well, so do I. Okay, so cool. So I'm going to do this performance art uh, support group where we can really just share what it was like. Like, I don't, I, I can't. It, it's not a relatable feeling for a lot of people. And most people are afraid of public speaking. So let alone to be like, man, I really wish I could walk in front of 10,000 people right now, mic'd up, just a little awkward. So I'm glad we're talking about our private space. And I totally understand like everyone has their thing though. Like whatever it is that you're missing right now, I encourage you to find a group of people that are also really missing that. And whether that's going to live sports and you have a crew that you watch with virtually or whether that's, you know, traveling and you guys take a virtual road trip and cook a meal that's related to that, destination every week, do whatever you need to do to sort of fill that gap, because this is a really tough, very tough emotional spot. Uh, but the other thing that I thought was really interesting, and this this actually got more traction, 
So I think that we're all really fucked up in how we communicate what we really want or are proud of and need. We all kind of shoot for this middle digestible. Um, maybe everyone will like me if I'm like kind of neutral thing. And so I also asked because I had a, I've had a couple nice wins during the pandemic. And it also feels really terrible to share wins right now because you're like, oh, what am I going to do? Talk to everybody about that sweet deal I closed or the fact that I got out of debt when everyone else is struggling. Like, is that appropriate? I don't know. But I asked, so I threw it up there. So I threw this one out a day later. I said, hey, if I started just a victory group, you know, like a bad bitches club, all genders welcome, just uh, <laughs> assholes who aren't aware of their privilege, uh, would you be keen? And that was like 50 people reached out to me right away. And I mean, we're talking one tweet here. So I can only imagine if I actually invest in this. Everyone's like, oh my God, I would love that. I don't feel like I have a safe space to share anything. And what it kind of told me, and I mean, granted, these people are all, all over the world. It's not just a Valley thing. What, what, it, what it really showed me was between these two dialogues, we don't have a safe space right now to talk about how we really feel about much. Mm. You may have a safe space to talk about, you know, I love my dog or people love their family or I'm proud of my team. But where, you know, the emotional spectrum, the wavelength is really extreme right now. And if mm. we don't have the opportunity to talk about those highs and those lows in a safe spot, I don't understand how we're going to actually come out of this like normal and not really emotionally bruised because everyone's just suppressing. And I got it. Like I was a suppressor. I definitely had some stuff come up about three weeks ago that I could tell needed to be evacuated. I've been hiding in my soul for probably the last six months. And I just needed to straight up scream it out. If you need to scream it out, highly recommend it. Primal yeah. therapy is a thing. Didn't know that until I screamed my voice away two weeks ago. But sometimes you just need to get it out. And you'll be surprised once you start screaming, it might become a little bit easier to scream a little bit more. Maybe not. But uh, I did this in my car. Don't worry. I didn't terrify anyone. Or at least I hope not. But I think we're, we're, it's very clear to me in the conversations I'm having and the response to stuff like this that we're not having honest enough conversations. And this is both in the entrepreneurial sector. Most of the folks in, that have been responding have actually been entrepreneurial or in a smaller business startup style situation. But it's, it's clear there's a need here, you know, like we're not expressing it on our Instagram reel or our Facebook posts and yet everyone's struggling. And I don't know, like no one expected this year. No one had a pandemic playbook. It's all right to just say, well, this is fucked and uh, let's get through it together because I need some help. Yeah, no, that's so powerful. That's so powerful. want to show love to our amazing community and audience who've been tuning in. Carlos saying arguably this has given people a chance to identify some of the sources of their depression and other traumas isolated at home away from work with or without family etc puts into stark life for some people what is good for them and what is bad and what fulfills and what drains that's such a powerful powerful statement carl thank you so much for sharing thoughts on that savannah carl i agree with you man i think there's it's, it's a little bit to what i was talking about there's nowhere to hide right now it's just you and if you're like me completely isolated in your house by yourself every day it's uh, you can't really get away from your your head. And so it makes a lot more sense to to address that. And I think for me, I was in 19 years of therapy. I was in therapy from age two until 21. I had a very abusive father and a single mom raised me and, and therapists are sort of what are responsible for why I'm standing here in one piece. But and with us today. So I'm, I'm a super advocate for talking to professionals. I'm actually looking for a therapist right now in in the Bay Area or even virtual since I guess it doesn't really matter anymore. But I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I'm someone who uh, 
<laughs> I'm someone who thinks I've done a lot of work on myself, right? I've spent a lot of money and a lot of time trying to heal a broken salve. And I think it's the best investment I ever made. Honestly, every investment I make in myself in the long term ends up being the best investment I've ever made. But I, uh, I can tell you that even for me, as someone with a lot of emotional confidence and comfortable sitting in their own sadness or grief, this pandemic has been a bear. Like I, I have not had something trigger so many emotional things for me like this. Like I got daddy issues coming up. I'm a 32 year old single woman. So like, am I having a family? Like everyone's hanging out with their families right now. Is this a priority for me? I don't know. This is the crap on my mind. I, we don't have these conversations. I just get served ads telling me to freeze my eggs, but that doesn't really actually help me unfuck the ideation session. Like it's like female founder, single 32. You can, I can tell you exactly what all of my retargeted ads are just for the record. And any of the other ladies out there with the same ad stream, I feel you. I could go without seeing my fallopian tubes when I open Facebook, but whatever. This is where we are. I'm glad we're educating everyone on their options. But uh, yeah, I mean, I totally feel you. I think I think what this does is it it's quieted the noise around us. I mean, you're doom scrolling, which may or may not be distracting you. We're all doom scrolling, let's be honest. But I think when, when everything is distilled like this and you, you don't have anything to focus on really except for yourself or your business, there's this kind of reckoning where it's like, oh, sh shit. Like, I kind of got to do the work here. Oh, darn it. And I think a lot of us are in that. I mean, I'm certainly speaking for myself. And emotional work is hard. It doesn't feel good. It feels good after, but it's like building a company. It's like, it's a very gross and gnarly process on the inside. Yeah. Building a plane and flying at the same time. Much love, much love. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Kaplan, my homie. Hope you're doing well, brother. You know, want to give you the last statement of the day to him. Being ultra creative is phenomenal, but earning a living at it is not always so easy because it's so tough. Our mental health is priority number one. This pandemic is really rough on extroverts, and I am an extrovert on steroids. I feel you about everything not being virtual, Savannah. So he is feeling you 100%. Savannah, it was so lovely having you on the show today. Where can our amazing community follow you, and what's one of your powerful takeaways on you know how we can all practice entrepreneurial empathy today and beyond? I would encourage everyone to have a conversation about it, just like we did. I mean, we didn't yeah. know what we were going to talk about today. And Tim and I really appreciate you letting me bring this conversation to, to your forum and to your platform today. And I would just encourage folks to just bring it up at the dinner table or the next time you're on the phone with someone or even even pose the question to your network on social. What do you think? What does entrepreneurial empathy mean to you? And you would just be surprised. I think the way that we look at growth rate and you know founder dna the way that we sort of categorize that now i legitimately think in 10 years we'll have an empathy quotient that we assign to that as well that determines whether or not you're going to be great like i hate that we forgive founders for being shitty people because they're smart that's bullshit. intelligence should also be a part of empathy should be a part of that intelligence and it shouldn't just be like great you can code dope maybe you're a cto and not a founder like sorry you should be able to communicate with people period full stop if you want to lead a business and lead a team so I would say throw that conversation out there. Uh, another, and then my bonus challenge, my bonus homework for you is if you, <laughs> if you are feeling brave and don't do this if you feel like crap, because I totally understand. Wait till you feel brave one day. I, I, some days I'm super vulnerable and some days I feel awesome. There's no soft shoulder during this. But uh, be share a really honest feeling. Mm -hmm. share, share an honest feeling with someone you love or in conversation or even publicly if you want. I share things on Twitter. Y'all are welcome to follow me at Savage Savvy. It's probably where I'm most active and, and chime in there, but share a feeling and see how it's received. Because what I have found during the pandemic, especially, I find this all the time really, but in the pandemic, especially 
if I just say, hey guys, you know, I'm kind of feeling low and I'm not feeling motivated and I got to shoot 10 videos today and I'm just not in the mood. That's the content of mine that gets more traction than the videos I shot. And I'm just going to tell you that like spoiler, like the honest transparency gets more engagement and lift than like, here we go. Here's how to work remote. Uh, and, and it's great because I think people are really seeking what that tells me. Either I need to pull up my class content or what it tells me is that we're, we're starving for the truth. We're starving for that vulnerable, emotional honesty and that empathy. So don't be shy about that. I'm Savannah Peterson. You can find me at savannahpeterson.com, savvymillennial.com. I'm extremely stockable and Googleable. So you can find me <laughs> if you want. Sav is Savvy on Twitter and Instagram. Savvy Millennial is my YouTube channel. I've been hiking the national parks to stay sane during the pandemic and camping alone. I've done the whole West Coast. So there's a whole bunch of uh, outdoor videos if you need a virtual road trip this afternoon or later this week. And most importantly, I do want to keep in touch and you know, this is as close as as, uh, as we get to the stage right now. So yeah. you're my audience and no matter when you're listening to this, I'd love to meet you and hear what you're thinking about entrepreneurial empathy or what color you think I should dye my hair next. I'm <laughs> love it, love it. Savannah, it was such a pleasure having you on the show. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much for having me. Please, bye Savannah. <laughs> With that said, we can check out Yesterday we launched on product time. So show us some love on product time. Upload, 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 upload. We are killing it on product time. So much love. Just with all this evening uh, afternoon, we're going to be having a little bit of 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 a little bit